You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we have a busy show for you today as there is a lot to break down. We are breaking these down to just three times a week. Decided to space it out a little bit. Hope you enjoyed the Tuesday episode with Cindy Robinson. Wanted to give that a little run. If you'd already heard it, thank you so much for listening and for following us over at the Locked On Youths, or excuse me, the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a new commitment from the University of Utah football team, Manir McLean. What's his story? Why is he coming here? And what do we need to know about him? We'll also talk some men's golf, as there was a big finish for one particular player at the NCAA Championships. And we'll also talk some track and field, as the women took to the track and the field and showed a lot of heart, a lot of determination, and a lot of strong finishes as they closed up the season. All that coming up here on today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, for Thursday, January 3rd, 2021. Welcome back into the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, my Utah friends and family, for tuning in, for joining me, for hanging out, for your feedback, for your positivity, for all the good times that we have. Shout out to uh, all those Cougar fans that secretly listen. Yes, I'm talking about you, Mac Jazz. Always good to have you on board as well. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Every other day now here on the Locked On Utes podcast, as we're in the offseason officially, but we do have a lot of good things coming for you. Uh, Jake will be back for Friday's episode, so definitely something to look forward there. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about with that. Just a reminder that there's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by Cindy Robinson, the queen. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. She and I have had a lot of fun reviewing. Myself, Cindy, and Michael Luke have had a lot of fun, I should say, reviewing all the teams as we get ready to go into the offseason. We'll be breaking down players as we move forward from all the teams, talking about media days and everything else that's going on with the Pac-12. A lot to talk about always with this conference. It's it's a very fun opportunity. I'm usually on Mondays and Wednesdays. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, I don't know. don't think they're going to throttle that one down to three days a week. I think that one's still going strong. So give it a tune in. Give it a listen. Wanted to get to the breaking news from yesterday. No, we're not going to talk Coach K uh, announcing his retirement. We're not going to talk Brad Stevens taking over as president of the Boston Celtics. We're going to talk about the big news in Utah country. That's Maneer McLean. Joining the Utah football team, the wide receiver transfer from USC announced on Twitter that he was joining the Utah program. It is a he's, he will enter the program as a redshirt sophomore, so three years to play three. Thank you very much for COVID on that one. He was part of the 2019 recruiting class, if you remember back that far. 
Now, what do you need to know about McLean? Well, a couple different things. I think first and foremost, you need to know that he is coming to Utah as part of a second chance situation. Tore one ACL when he was a junior in high school, tore, tore another one while at USC. And then in, during his sophomore campaign while at USC, there were some, let's say, uh, allegations made against him with regards to unemployment benefits and improper PPE loan usage. So if you're one who likes to go out and find out more about athletes that are joining the program and things of that nature, you might Google and see some of those stories and see his name pop up. Now, before we get too far down the road with those kinds of things, I want to reinforce that this is not something that he will be dealing with as he heads to the University of Utah. The school is very diligent. The program is very diligent about making sure that players that enter in have taken care of any off-the-field issues. In fact, in years past and in, in even in this season, I can safely share that there were opportunities for Utah to go after certain players that they passed on because they didn't like the off-the-field practices. So with Muneer, there's nothing uh, going to come up with this. The issue's been resolved. In fact, if you kind of read the story and, and read between the lines, it does sound like it was a kid that got caught up in something that never was really fleshed out during a time at USC where there was just a lot of turmoil and a lot of bad things going on. Uh, if you don't know the history with USC, there's just a ton of allegations uh, uh, surrounding the athletic department and, and really the academics of the school and, and some serious allegations, both in terms of you know, getting kids into school with bribes. I don't know another way to describe it. And then there was also some very, very just d disgusting stuff that I don't want to get into on this podcast regarding sexual abuse and allegations of that. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is Muneer and what he brings to the program. Redshirt sophomore, as I mentioned. So he'll have three years to play three here at the University of Utah. He is 6'4". He's a 210-pound wide receiver. Comes to Utah from, from Sarah uh, High School down there in San Juan Capistrano. That is a part of the Trinity League, which is like the mecca of, of high school football down there in Southern California. He is a very, very big-bodied, strong wide receiver. In fact, there were thoughts and maybe discussions that as he progressed throughout his career that he might transition into more of a H-back, tight end type player. So that begs the question, what's he going to play at the University of Utah? Well, he's going to be a wide receiver, flat out, uh, first and foremost. So that I think we can go ahead and, and, and put put down right now that he'll play wide receiver at the University of Utah. But what I think is interesting about this is the way that he fits into the program. He'll be likely an outside wide receiver kind of a guy, but he fits into the offense in the sense that with his size, with his frame, uh, he can do a variety of things on the field. Now, we talk a lot about packages and personnel and things like that and Utah has four tight ends that are just dynamite and wow how cool would it be to see them all on the field at the same time and that's partially true I think that Utah does have some very unique players out there with some unique skills and there's a lot of talent and ability in that room but what really matters most when it comes to offense versus defense is creating the matchup that you want you want Britton Covey in the open field versus a slower linebacker you want Solomon Enos in the open field against a smaller corner or a safety. You want Cole Fotheringham going up against a safety. 
or a linebacker that's maybe a little bit slower. Those are the kinds of matches you want Brant Keithy everywhere that you can get him because I think Keithy can do a little bit of everything. Those are the kinds of matchups that you can use the variety and the depth of personnel that you have at Utah now. And I think Veneer is part of that where he's a bigger wide receiver. He brings with him some strength. He brings with him some some technique and some technicality in his route running. So if you do decide to use him in a way where you're bringing him in motion a little bit more or you're trying to get him matched up against a different player on the defensive side of the football, that's the advantage of bringing in a player like him. He's a big, strong, physical guy. The assumption will be that he'll be able to block on the outside edge, and that will help Utah a lot. This program is still always going to be predicated around the run game, running the ball on offense and stopping the run on defense. That's why Utah runs so much man coverage on defense. It's not because they love the idea of being a lockdown defender and press coverage and everything like that. They like it because it gives them a great, great look in the run fit, meaning how they fill the gaps and how they can defend the run. And they recruit the kind of cornerbacks that can hang in there on man coverage long enough. And their their thought process and, and their idea and their concepts are, we can defend long enough in man coverage and we can take enough chances of teams trying to go over the top on us that they're not going to hit them so often that we can be more effective in defending the run game. If that doesn't make a lot of sense right now, I apologize. I'll try and explain it a little bit better. Essentially, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, listen, we're going to dedicate ourselves to stopping the run. If you try and take shots on us, we think that we can develop the kind of corners who can stay with guys. And if you do actually beat us over the top at some point, you'll probably either have gotten lucky or we'll have made a mistake and we can rectify and fix that. But we are more threatened by you establishing the run game than than we are going over the top. Now, obviously, with different schools, you're going to adjust and modify that, right? Like we've seen it in years past with Washington State running some three safety looks when they run all that air raid stuff. And I think that offensively, that's the direction that Utah is heading in. We've talked about it a lot, that Andy Ludwig loves the idea of using motion. And so you're bringing players from across one side of the formation to the other. And this is great for a variety of reasons. I think the biggest one is that it helps quarterbacks identify what the coverage is most readily. It's really, really hard to disguise coverage when you're dragging a wide receiver or a tight end or whatever it is from one side of the formation to the other. The other great aspect of bringing in a bigger wide receiver like this, one that maybe doesn't have quite the burst that that you want, is that you can do a lot more with him at the line of scrimmage to free up the guys who are fast. I think that uh, a a trips formation, for example, with Muneer and uh, maybe Solomon Enos and, and Britton Covey could do a lot in terms of some easy looks to throw some balls out to the sideline in the screen game. Uh, you could also put Jalen Dixon in there as well. And Charlie Brewer comes from a system in the past in Texas that is very, very much based on trying to get those RPO, those simple looks, uh, those kind of laser screens is what they used to call them back in the day when Utah ran them on the Ron McBride and whatnot. So there's a lot of good variety that you can do with a player like this. Maneer, I think, is a good fit for the program. Uh, you know, just comes from a program at USC where they were just laden with talent. And even so, he was expected to be a contributor uh, until he was uh, essentially suspended from the program during this investigation. Again, nothing was really found as part of the investigation. In fact, there were never really uh, solid answers provided to him or to his family as to why things were happening to him. 
So not much to worry about in regards to that, uh, in my opinion. The uh, the background on him in terms of a recruit, three-star recruit, uh, 8763 composite uh, ranking for him. So a solid ranking about about kind of where you'd expect for Utah to get uh, wide receivers. Um, his projection from Greg Biggins, who was the national recruiting analyst, was a power five starter, which uh, you know that's exactly what he'll probably end up doing at Utah. Now he'll have to compete for a spot, and there are guys in Solomon Enos, Devon Vele, et cetera, et cetera, that are all ahead of him on the depth chart right now. And and you know we've we've seen discussion a lot of. Maybe another player or two joining the program. Um, if you're on the boards over at Ute Zone, you may know of a certain player being discussed under only their code name. I'm not going to mention it. You'll have to go ask Steve Bartle about that, or any of the subscribers over at Ute Zone, or follow Ute Zone, or just go ahead and buy a VIP subscription since they're 60% off right now. Either one of those would be a great idea. But uh, the bottom line is that this is a good pickup. It's a reliable pickup. I don't think it's one where you're reaching too far outside of yourself or taking too big of a gamble. You know what you're getting. If you lose uh, a player to injury like Solomon Enos or Devon Vela, you have a capable backup. You're not trying to replace a big with a little. So you're not trying to replace Solomon Enos with Jalen Dixon and what you're doing. You're not trying to put Dalton Kincaid out there on the outside all the time. You're still maintaining your flexibility and your versatility. It fits the MO of what Kyle Whittingham has done all year long and where he's trying to recruit to depth and trying to bolster the talent in this team because they believe they have a really good shot. And like like a lot of people up there on the hill, I agree with them. So a good pickup, a, another player that comes from a fairly prestigious program down there at USC, and an opportunity to develop a guy who needs a second chance. And I don't know that you can really hate on anything like that, that guys with chips on their shoulders and Theo Howard and Maneer McLean coming in to hear where the culture is established, I think will hopefully blossom and flourish. We'll, we'll see how things go with them. You know, I'm always a little bit cautious to project a Darren Carrington-like experience or something to that level with guys that are either recovering from injury or are, are looking for a second chance or a second opportunity uh, or both in the case of Maneer and, and Theo. Now, I do believe that they're both are healthy. I, I That's not something that I'm trying to speculate over, but I think that these are the kinds of additions that you make to a team where you're confident in what you maybe have up, up at the top of the depth chart. You want to round it out a little bit, and you want to look towards your future a little bit. So good addition to the room, good addition to the team. It'll be exciting to see how uh, Maneer fits into the program and everything else. And and I do think that Utah may try and work another player or two into the program. Uh, I, I've speculated before that we may see somebody return to the program. I, I As far as I know, that's still on track. So... All that stuff still in the fold, still in the fly. We'll keep you posted on all that and how it will unfold here on the Locked on Utes podcast. As always, if things happen or news breaks or whatnot, do not hesitate. We will put together some emergency episodes if needed um, because that's what we do here. We like to take care of our listeners. And along those same lines, Rock Auto likes to take care of their customers. They've been doing it for 20 years online rockauto.com this is a family business this is not one of those mega corporations just out there to get a buck from you where you get lost trying to find your way through the whole 
uh, rigmarole or whatever it's going on. They've got the website laid out very easily to find whatever it is that you need for your car, for your daily driver. Maybe you've got a project you're working on. I was talking to a friend of mine. It may be time for me to get a project going. I've mentioned that I wanted to build the car out of spare parts from Rock Auto. I haven't seen a lot of feedback on that one yet. Still hoping for it. But if that's not the case, you know, maybe it's time for me to put something together. Uh, I've done that in the past. It's really fun. It's a good hobby. I've got some time off, and it's going to be hotter than blazes. Where better to be than in a nice, cool, air-conditioned garage right now? Uh, I'll tell you what. When it does happen, I will post pictures and tweet about it, and I will be getting all my parts from rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. I'll be able to find all the parts I want. I can choose the parts I want based on price or if I have a preference of brand. It's all just laid out for me right there uh, under the subheading. It's perfect, super easy to use. So go to rockauto.com right now and get all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've told you that. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. We've told you that. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all your UFC, MMA, and golf action. We've told you that. We've told you pretty much everything you need to do about Bet Online. We told you it's super easy to sign up for. We've told you that you can just go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus for using the promo code Locked On. We've told you that you can go bet at halftime. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe we haven't told you about doing an in-game parlay. Maybe we just haven't done a good enough job of telling you how great and easy it is to use betonline.ag, how much you can make some extra Skittles off of your fandom for whatever team it is that you cheer for or whatever sport it is that you you cover uh, or follow, I should say. And maybe we haven't told you enough that cricket is your bag just like it's Jake and I's. We've picked our teams. We'll talk about it on Friday a little bit. But the bottom line is this. You need to go to betonline.ag. You need to sign up for an account because it is the best place to go if you want to do your online sports betting at home from your couch. Don't drive out to Winover. Don't go down to Las Vegas. Sign up for the betonline.ag account. Get Make that first deposit. Use the promo code locked on. Get the 50% welcome bonus. Put it on the Jazz to win the title and watch the money start rolling in. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Transitioning now to baseball talk as Bill Kenneberg is finally hanging them up after 18 years as the head coach at Utah. 37 years in coaching overall. What a long grand incredible career he's had also bringing a Pac-12 championship in the baseball program to Utah I do not think it can be under understated just how impressive an accomplishment that really was it just that's Utah's baseball team has more ahead of it and more in front of it than probably any other uh, program under the athletic department so to be able to do something like that is truly spectacular and Kinnenberg leaves the program in good hands uh, as there are a lot of young, good kids that are coming up through the pipeline. You know, Kai Roberts is one that we've talked about a lot here on the podcast. He's a favorite of mine. I really enjoyed watching him. Uh, there are others that are going to be standing out for sure as they move forward. Uh, Chris Rowan, I think, had a breakout season this year as a catcher. Really fun to watch him. Uh, Riker Tom, another one. Shea Kramer. Uh, Vinny Zavolta. 
all names that you're probably going to be hearing for a, a while now moving forward. Um, Utah should return some hefty, hefty bats to the program next year. Uh, but wanted to bring this up because the Utah baseball team closed out the final stand of the season at uh, Linquist Field up there in Ogden against USC. Dropped the final game of the season, 17-11. to They're up at Linquist Field on, I believe, that was Saturday in which they closed out that series. Uh, dropped that very last one, 17-11. Uh, that's been kind of the story of the Utes all year. It, when the bats were on, they were able to battle with teams, but just stopping the onslaught of runs was always the tricky part. Now, out of that series, they did manage to get a win on Friday night, 2-1, to one, against USC up there in Ogden. Dropped the opener 7-3. to three. So the Trojans take the series. The Utes get one win. And Kinneberg exits the program. Probably not under the most desirable state. I don't think anybody wants to exit. They were 17-33 and 33 overall. 34% winning percentage. 7-23 in conference. Not, not the best of, of numbers. 10-12 and 12 at home. Not bad, but not... You know, not to the expectation I think of anybody uh, in terms of Utah athletics, but seven and twenty-one away, and despite the fact that they had to play at Linquist Field because of the COVID precautions with uh, minor league baseball and and the bees being in town, uh, they were able to handle that adversity and, and and actually pull some victories out of that as well. Uh, but a kudos to Bill Kinneberg for closing out the year. Good luck to him on whatever his future endeavors are. And we'll now turn our attention to what happens next in terms of hiring a coach for the Utah baseball program. I, I mentioned a couple names that I thought were pretty uh, pretty reliable uh, names in terms of what you'd want to be looking for in terms of head coaching candidates. Uh, they both come from, uh, believe it or not, they come from a BYU program that... That seems to have struggled a little bit as late as well. Mike Littlewood, Trent Pratt, two names that I would definitely point out that should get at least a conversation for that job up on the hill. As we've seen, though, uh, Mark Harlan has been very uh, deliberate in, in how he goes about, goes about these search processes. He tends to have candidates in mind when he makes these moves, and he's not afraid to go outside of the, the state of Utah to make these hires. And I don't think that's the worst thing either, to bring in maybe an outsider to try and reinvigorate the program a little bit as well. We'll have to wait and see, and, and obviously we will keep you posted here on the podcast as we hear and know more about it. Congratulations to the Utah baseball team. This year, I think no matter what happened on the field, every single program at the University of Utah deserves kudos for what happened off of it. I think we've seen with the retirement of Roy Williams, Brad Stevens uh, announcing a move to the front office, uh, Mike Krzyzewski moving on, that this year was just absolutely trying and almost devastating to a lot of these people who work in the industry and who coach. And so for any program to be able to make it through a season, to be able to complete a season, major, major kudos des deserved to in their direction, sent in their direction, uh, deserved on their behalf. So shout out to the Utah baseball team. And we will try and recap the season at some point. I'd like to drink, bring Alex Lundberg back. Uh, at some point and recap that. It's always fun to talk to Lundy. He has his hands full right now. I'm not going to lie. He is deep, deep in it with the University 
uh, or excuse me, with Utah Jazz playoff run, which, you know, that's good for business for him. That's that's a lot more work. So we'll let him take care of that. And when he gets a chance, we will move on with him. And you know I'm going to ask him about what his favorite Built Bar flavor is. I was in the grocery store tonight. I have boxes of Built Bar at home, and I was still tempted to go look at this grocery store. It might rhyme with Marmons. I don't know. Uh, but I was still tempted to go look at what flavors of Built Bar they have because they always have something new coming out. They sent me new, something new, and I am so excited about it. And when I can actually talk about it, gang, you will not be able to shut me up. But the bottom line is this. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It is, it's like a club that you can get addicted to. I've talked about being an evangelist for the Bill Bar family. And I do it because, listen, as long as they keep sending me Bill Bars, like, I'll keep doing this. I, I really love the bars. And even after that, you know, I'm still buying them for family and friends. And the whole time that I'm doing it, I'm using the promo code LOCKED15. I'm telling people, hey, why aren't you eating a Bill Bar? It's the best uh, tasting protein bar on the market. The 17 grams of whey protein. It's under 200 calories per bar. Less than 5 grams of sugar. They use real chocolate in the bars. And this latest flavor, gang, uh, it was so good. Like, like I, I've started craving this flavor and everything else that, that I go to. And, and so... When we can talk about it, I'll talk about it more. Uh, but Built Bar is the place to go to go get the best tasting protein bars on the planet, hands down. You know you get the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off. It's the best deal out there. They give it to us because we love it so much and we sell it so much. And you have responded by buying it. So go check out the webpage, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 when you re-up on your stash. If you have a picture of your Built Bar cupboard or something like that, send it to me on Twitter, at BrownBearSLC. I'd love to see it. Uh, shout out to the McCullough family for sending me theirs the other day. They are well stocked. So like if the zombie apocalypse hits, we're all headed to their house for sure uh, for some Built Bars. And look, I mean, that's another great reason to go to BuiltBar.com and get them now. Like if it hits tomorrow, you're going to be set. The zombies are going to want to eat the Built Bar instead of eating you. It's perfect. So go to BuiltBar.com, pick up your uh, your box today, uh, promo code LOCKED15, and let's get built. Closing out today's show with some news and notes. One and two recognize Tristan Mander, who notched the youth's highest finish on record at the NCAA Championships over the weekend, placing in the tie for 17th overall after shooting three over par through 72 holes. His 283... Uh, strokes was a career low in a 72-hole tournament, also ranking as the lowest NCAA championship score on record at Utah. Mander is one of three Utes since 1990 that have qualified for the NCAA championship as an individual. Uh, he was awesome this year. The Mill Bay, British Columbia native, started the tournament out really strong. He was tied for fifth overall at the end of the first round, shooting two under, uh, notched four birdies on the front nine, including two on the back including two on back-to-back -back holes at four and five uh, to land in that top five. Stumbled um, in the second round, not not his strongest day, shooting one over, and then um, just finished out uh, with his fourth and final round, shooting two over par for the day, 72. Um, but, you know, it, golf is the kind of day game, I should say, where if you've played it at all, you know that two or three strokes can really just ruin your round, and that's kind of what happened to him. Nonetheless, he's been the most uh, productive golfer 
since Dustin Pym in terms of placement at the NCAA championship. And the golf team next year looks very, very strong. We saw good showings from Javier Barcos at the Pac-12 championship. Obviously, Tristan Mander, the junior, should be back next year. We'll see what happens with him. Mitchell Shaw, the senior, had a strong performance all year long. Was very reliable in that respect. Blake Tomlinson, the junior out of Salt Lake City, another one who really came on strong towards the end of the year. Uh, we'll look to see what he does next year as he returns to the Utes. This is a strong program, and one that's only getting stronger. They have the golf facility all set up now, so they are ready to rock. Huge congratulations to Tristan Mander for a job well done at the NCAA Championship, for a season well done. Great job. Well done. Congratulations to you. Uh, I hope that somebody up there buys you some built bars to celebrate. Also finishing out the season, uh, Utah's track and field team had a very successful showing at the NCAA West Regionals as Poppy Tank, the legend, makes it two for two on the weekend with seventh place finish in the 5K. Uh, She became the second Utah track and field runner to qualify for the NCAA track and field outdoor championships in multiple events on Saturday when she took seventh in the 5K at the NCAA West Regionals uh, held at EB Cushing Stadium. Uh, The only Ute to ever compete in multiple events at the championship was Jill Mullen. She raced in both a 5K and 10K in the inaugural inaugural year the championships were held on the women's side in 1982. Poppy becomes the sixth Ute to compete in the NCAA Outdoor Championships. Uh, she had a terrific race. She was very, uh, uh, very patient in how she ran. Um, very tough. She had a really strong finish, you know, throughout the whole thing. As I mentioned, she'll be going with two events under about the 5K and the 10K. Uh, she finished fourth in the 10K and will advance to the Eugene. Uh, Brooke Manson advanced to the 800-meter quarterfinal. Uh, Another good performance for her. So some good, solid showings for Utah Track and Fields women's teams at the uh, Regional Invitational. We'll keep you updated as things evolve with that. Uh, But I think that Poppy Tank is going to become one of those names that, like, Utah fans might remember that she could be a spark. Um That leads the program to even more recognition and dominance. Uh, The native of Plymouth, Devon, England, uh, finishing high enough to move on in both the 5K and the 10K. So shout out to Poppy. She's my new hero. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you following on your favorite podcasting platform. We appreciate you rating this five stars. And when you do not rate us five stars, we do not appreciate you. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. So thank you, everyone, for for adding those. I know that there's been a couple uh, recent uh, reviews up there. We we love them. Uh, we appreciate them. Um and keep them coming when you get a minute. Always be mindful of that kind of thing uh, that, that that you are listening out there in the land. Uh, thank you especially to Reagan Duckworth, who is a fan of our co-host, uh, Jake Hatch. So definitely loves Jake Hatch. Um, Reagan Duckworth, big Jake Hatch fan. Love that. So anyways, thank you so much. Um, I guess somebody doesn't like the amount of ads which, hey, I get it. There are ads, and unless you want to pay for it, that's how we pay for it. So, again, 
thank you everybody for following, for listening, subscribing, all that kind of stuff. Thank you for following along on Twitter. You can always find me at Brown Bear SLC. Jake is at Jacob C Hatch. Uh, shout out to at Roz in real life because this is where we shout her out in the show. Apparently now, even though she still sticks to that love of peanut butter M and M's, whatever. But we uh, we will talk to you again soon. Jake should be back tomorrow for tomorrow's episode. Um, as always, feel free to message us for any questions, uh, concerns, comments, whatever. We're always open to hearing it, even the ones where you don't like the amount of ads in the program. So thank you, as always, for listening. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. And we're going to talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>